Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to The Moho Show. We're doing this live from the center of the Canadian prairies. Here we go. We're going to have some fun. We've got some Microsoft 365 news. Alex is going to walk us through bringing Yammer discussions into SharePoint. Feature versus feature, the battle continues. And I know we're going to have a lot of great discussion this morning. It's a lot better than shoveling snow three times a day. It is The Moho Show. Here we are, here we are, back again. My name's Ryan Bialik, joined as always by Alex Henry. Alex, how are you doing? Well, hello, hello. Good morning. How's it going, everyone? It's uh, it's the morning, and it's fun. Did I, yeah. say shovel, did I say shoveling show, or did I say shoveling snow? I heard snow, but okay, we'll, we'll we'll go back. We'll we'll go to the instant replay and let the uh, let the cameras be the judge of this one. Yeah. Oh man, it has been uh, it's been an interesting end of winter here where we live folks so end, end it's of, ending maybe eventually i don't know one day i don't know it, like you said shoveling three times a day three times a month it's just no i don't feel like it's ever gonna end every year i feel like this about this time <laughs> of year i'm like it's just never gonna stop well like it's my usually... front yard my backyard i'm just like I'm still shoveling, yeah. but it, the snow piles are bigger than me at this point. So, <laughs> Well, they always say that, that January is a pretty tough time for folks, right? It's the new year, and we're still kind of in the throes of winter, and the days are short, and it's dark, and all those kinds of things. I kind of feel like January's melted into February a little bit. It's still kind of not feeling like spring <laughs> is around the corner anytime soon. Yeah, I've often referred to Jan or February as winter's butthole. Winter's Wait, are we allowed to say that on this show? I'll allow it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like just the weather kicking you when you're already down. That's my feeling on it. That said, I got great value out of my snowblower this year. No kidding. It was a um, savvy you know, investment. Do you know what's uh know what warms me up every day? Some news. Let's do the news. Let's jump into it. I should have specified news not about the weather warms me up. There we go. Well, <laughs> I've scoured just for you, Alex. I have scoured the internets and I've found some Microsoft 365 news. First up uh, in Windows 11 news, uh, just the other day, Microsoft announced that there are some new experiences coming to Windows 11 in the coming weeks and months. Um, key among those. Uh, yay for our American friends, uh, boo for us here in Canada, is the Amazon App Store for Android apps is coming uh, to Windows 11. They anticipate around a thousand apps that you'll be able to run. And again, these are Android apps running uh, sort of containerized in Windows 11. So you can finally have your Snapchat on your Windows PC if you want, but only coming for preview in the US only. So we will have to wait here in Canada just a little while longer. Yeah, well, um, I'll let them work out the bugs, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of them. There we go. That's other, the spirit. Other new exciting updates include uh, a new media player taking over for what was called Groove for a while and what was formerly called Media Player. I use it only to play voicemails from our unified communication system. There's, so, there are two different apps. Yeah. Because Media Player coexists with Groove. Remember so, old Media Player? We still have it, I'm pretty sure. Or how yeah, old are we probably. talking? Like XP? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's still on my Windows 10 machine. I used it to burn some CDs a month ago. Yes. What's a CD? What's burning CDs? And it hasn't changed. So if I don't know if this new uh, media player app is going to actually replace OG media player because it didn't really say it said it's going to replace Groove. Yeah, I didn't say anything about the original one. So we'll see. I think the odd time when you want to play an audio file or a video or recording of something, hey, it's there. It's part of the OS. Go ahead uh, and hold the presses, folks. The other new update that was noteworthy, uh, pun intended, is some changes to Notepad. That humble little Notepad app that's been part of Windows since ever, um, they've rounded the corners. Thank well, you very much. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just speak on behalf of all the old school PC users out there and just say, how dare you? Yeah. Don't you touch my Notepad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this will go well but you know what what they did to windows terminal last year mm-hmm. has been really well received like yeah. the big updates towards it tab support and everything they did to terminal it looks great i never used terminal but i appreciate like the overhaul it got so yeah you know what personally i'm kind of glad notepad's getting some love too because it just if it hasn't been touched in the 80s since the 80s you gotta you know just kind of blow the dust off at it at some point yeah and it doesn't look like they've really changed much of anything they've added some random corners i think there's a better search or filter function in there but i didn't see much more coming towards it so yeah all good. One thing, though, that will be relevant to to our viewers sort of in the modern workplace uh, space of things is a mute and unmute button from the taskbar. So right on your Windows taskbar in the bottom, you'll be able to uh, click to mute your microphone and click to unmute your microphone. So again, if you're in a Teams meeting off on your monitor on the right, and if you got doing some other stuff, maybe the meeting's boring and you're playing solitaire over on, on your other monitor, that's okay. Uh, there will be a button right on your taskbar that you can mute and unmute yourself. So you can still participate and listen to the meeting. But uh, if you want to go multitask, hey, there's a little bit of a button, a shortcut for you. Honestly, I can see this adding a level of confusion between the mute button in Teams, the one on your OS, and then the one that's probably attached to your headset as well. If you have that little DAC or whatever they're called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where am I muted today? Let's play hmm. that game. This one, that one, whack all of them. Yeah. Um, in Teams news, I found an interesting article. We'll post links in the show notes about new 3D fluent emojis, which are coming. Uh, they're available now in public preview. You can get your organization to put your Teams environment in public preview to get new features faster. Um, but all of the emojis in Microsoft Teams will eventually get this refresh. They look modern. They look nice. They look colorful. They're bright. They're cheery. Um, I don't see any problem with this. I think it's kind of cool. So that's good news to anyone that's been holding off on getting Windows or Microsoft Teams in the past six years, five, six years. The new emojis, emojis. are coming. Your prayers have been answered. <laughs> You're we welcome. Go. There we go. Uh, two other news bulletins. Um, this one's important for anyone that uses the Office mobile apps on iOS and Android. Um up until now, it's been a bit of a pain if you work for two organizations, if you uh, are on a board of directors, if you freelance, those types of uh, users. It's been a bit of a pain to switch your Microsoft account in the Office mobile apps. So uh, available now in iOS and available in April on Android, um, you'll be able to click your you know, tap on your account picture, your profile picture in the Office mobile app and switch organization accounts. 
I've been able to do that on iOS for a long time. Is this, are they changing it? It's never really been like an issue for me. I do this like regularly. I have two or three accounts I hop between. I always found it to be a pain because it didn't sign you out everywhere and this app would sign you out and that app wouldn't. Um, But that's my own. But that's on Android. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience doing that would be on Android. So maybe it's more of an Android update unless they're mm-hmm. overhauling both of them. But yeah, on iOS, it's been great. No complaints there. Cool. Last bit of news uh, is actually I'm really something I'm really, really excited about because I just started using it again is Microsoft Bookings. Bookings is in the news. I was using Bookings yesterday, day before for some client work. And I haven't used Bookings in ages. So folks, if you haven't seen Bookings, go check it out. If you haven't seen it in a while, um, it's gotten a refresh. It's really good looking now uh, and a very, very useful application. The good news is, or the reason that Bookings is in the news, is Microsoft is bringing Bookings to uh, Microsoft 365 E1 and Business Basic plans. So prior to now, Prior to now, it was only in E3, E5 on the enterprise side. It was only in business standard and business premium on the business side. But now coming back to the very cheapest of uh, Microsoft 365 plans in business basic. So more people people will be able, more organizations will be able to take advantage of Microsoft bookings. Very cool. Very cool. I like... I actually do enjoy bookings. I haven't used it a lot since before the update, mm-hmm. but we've seen internally and externally a lot of use cases for, well, internal and external use cases. So between uh, the office and with our clients, there have been some interesting use cases for Microsoft bookings. Maybe it's for booking resources internally yep. or booking time with clients so they can come visit you at the office or something like that. So it's a pretty flexible program. And I don't know if it, have you used the new refresh since they updated it last year? I think. Yeah, no, I, I just picked it up uh, Monday or two Monday or yesterday it was, and I was uh, sort of like you say, blowing the dust off of it, taking a look around. Um, they've they've cleaned it up, I would say, a little bit maybe a little bit more intuitive. Uh, in particular, what I wanted to use it for was to give half a dozen or a dozen people uh, options to book some time with our team. But I didn't want to do the, well, this time works for me, but this time doesn't work for Sally, and this time works for Sue, but that one doesn't work for Ray. And, you know, that back and forth email, I can't stand mm-hmm. that. I can't do that. I got no time for that. So what I was like, I know, and I know on the Moho show previously, um, last year we talked about Scheduler, which is an add-on for 365 you can buy. Uh, and I can't remember the cost now. I remember we reviewed it way back when. Um, I know there's tons of third-party applications that you can add on where people send you a big grid of meeting choices and you all vote on the ones that you want. And that's Mm -hmm. great too. I just wanted a way for people to see my availability and pick a 15-minute with me um, throughout the week that respected all of the other meetings I already have in my calendar. And I had that light bulb moment and I said, I'll use bookings. And I'm really happy that I did. Um, it's been good to get my hands back on bookings and expect some feature versus feature uh, or potential watch and learn material coming from me on bookings soon. Yeah, we're overdue to revisit that one since it's a refresh. I'm looking forward to that. I've only played with it for a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. The, it's a nice splash of paint. It's a it's a lot more in line with Outlook on the web's user interface. So because it is basically it all lives in Exchange anyways, yeah. I believe. So that's yeah. kind of just it's gotten that whole nice experience. Um, the user experience, the whole process of getting it set up is still a bit long in the tooth for me. And there's yeah. always a few little gaps that uh, where I want it to do something, but it doesn't quite do it the way I want it to. So you have to spend extra time trying to figure out a workaround for that problem. Um, but overall, it's a pretty simple app to set up. And mm-hmm. it, it's just it's full of a lot of potential because it's really flexible for, again, internal and external use cases. So yeah. if great to hear it's coming for uh e1 and business basic yes exactly so that's great cool that's all i've got for the news um where i thought we could kind of dovetail into our discussion this week we wanted to talk about meeting culture and perhaps meeting stigma um old Mm -hmm. habits that maybe aren't dying around meetings uh, so a few weeks ago, I think it was maybe a little longer than a few weeks ago, uh, we had a discussion around the modernization of meetings and hybrid meetings and how we we're going to look at or how we need to look at meetings differently because of hybrid and remote work, because we're not all in the same boardroom at the same time, sitting around the same table, physically <laughs> looking at each other Um looking at our body language, looking at people's facial expressions, viewing content on a display or a device somewhere. Uh, And then we talked about the whole notion of camera fatigue. And for those of us that are in Teams meetings on camera all day, um, that can be draining uh, physically and and mentally. Alex, you mentioned on the show previously that um, you've started playing with scenarios where if you're not exactly staring into the lens of the camera, the, your camera is still on, but you're using your computer or you're doing work or you're collaborating, your eyes are looking elsewhere. Uh, and that's been and that's been working for you. And so we got some feedback from users um, that tuned into some of that content, some of our previous discussions saying, I'm I'm new to remote work. I'm new to Teams meetings all the time. I'm new to this hybrid thing. I haven't gotten to the to the camera fatigue yet, uh, but it sort of spurred some conversation amongst us around that meeting etiquette. And we were sharing some stories of, again, old habits that maybe were unacceptable two or three years ago in the context of a meeting, which are now kind of commonplace to the way that we meet. So. Take, for example, a story I'm sure I shared with you, Alex, is um, one of my previous employees, when you went to a meeting, when you went to the boardroom, you were not allowed to bring your laptop because that meant that you weren't paying attention and maybe you were playing solitaire or answering customer emails, Um, more likely answering customer emails, trust me. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was one of those unwritten rules of meeting that if you brought your device phone if you took your phone out of your pocket or something like that that was a gigantic no-no and i just think that that's that meeting culture that we've kind of got to break down now um given hybrid meetings given we want to see people in different ways given we are getting camera fatigued and those types of things so what do you what are your what are your thoughts on that um just kind of going back to what you're saying earlier about um, the culture kind of changing. And this is p- 
part of the um the rub that you and I really started getting into when we we're kind of when we we're discussing this a little while ago um is this evolving perception of what meeting culture is today and what it might be tomorrow. The only thing we know for sure looking in, you know, cuz hindsight's 2020 looking back is that cult the meeting culture is always changing. And it varies between industries, between businesses within said industries, because not every business is going to run their meetings the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I remember going to school. They drilled us on how to run what they de- determined to be effective meetings. Someone was taking notes. Someone was the presenter. And they had an agenda that they rotated through, the um, that they kind of worked through the room to make sure everyone got a turn to speak. It's a very structured practice. But we don't really do that in practice. I've almost never seen that in practice. I've only ever had, I like in what, some of my earlier jobs, I saw, you know, in kind of coming into the uh, office culture where you know some people did do that they printed out their meetings i had to go to the copier and spit out 20 versions of the same report that they emailed just before the meeting anyways because people weren't allowed to bring their laptops Mm -hmm. or that was Mm -hmm. against the culture yeah it was cool to bring a pad of paper but not cool to bring your digital pad of paper right yeah and then you'd have to go back and make sense of all these notes and put them into your computer anyways anyways yeah so Over the years since then, we've been seeing this trend of more laptops coming into the room. Mm-hmm. There's resistance to this because there's that stigma. We haven't done this before. That's not the way we've done things. Why are you bringing your laptop in? That's weird. That's not common. That's mm-hmm. you're probably just playing or not listening to what we're saying. But here's here's the thing that really bugs me. We all listen and interpret and ingest information differently. Right. Some of us fidget some of us need to write notes actively on a pen and paper some of us just need to do an activity maybe they're knitting but it's a way that we use to just distract our brain or keep our brain doing something Mm -hmm. while we're receiving information and everyone's got their own practice but that's something that office culture has not been super flexible on Right, And where we're starting to see a bit of a rub too, because when we're now doing hybrid meetings, there's less structure around our meetings. So I can knit if or crochet in the background if I want to. If I don't want to be on camera because I find it distracting to look at a camera lens instead mm-hmm. of the people in front of me, that's another thing we want to, I want to adjust so I can be a productive member of this meeting. Um so ultimately, when we start getting into this, when we start looking forward, we have to not only look at what we've done in the past, but we also have to look at what actually works for us today in terms of what works for me in order for me to be a productive member of this meeting. And I'm going to tell you right now, on a personal note, it's not sitting looking at a camera like this with a robot face, mm-hmm. smiling, making sure I'm actively paying attention when I there's nothing for me to do in the meeting. That is not how people work. That's not how people function. Maybe some, no judgment, but ultimately I think that's we 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 really got onto this um at the start of the pandemic because a lot of people were really new to online meetings. So we're trying to teach people how to get into this, how to be on a camera, 
how to be lit properly, how to engage when you're on a camera because it was so new. Mm -hmm. Now we've been doing it for two years. It's time to start looking at those practices and say, okay, well, what actually makes sense for us to be productive in this meeting? Because if I need to be doing something on my computer, maybe I'm writing an email while I'm listening. Mm -hmm. That should be, in my opinion, that should be allowed. I am pretty much in the camp of no need for me to be looking directly at the camera anymore. That is not effective. That is not constructive to me being a part of the meeting. It might feel good for the audit, for the attendee to see, oh, I can see everyone's paying attention to me. Great. Cool. But are they really? Is that what you need? Is that really what's happening? So those are kind of my thoughts on it. But there's, there's almost like a, there's a core, I mean, there's, there's roles and norms to meetings. Okay. We've, we've kind of established that and that's, years and years of, of just being in business and, and around workplaces. But um, I, th- I think that in some cases may turn into this thought or this feeling of guilt um, when you aren't doing the thing that makes you comfortable, when you are staring directly at the camera. Let me give you an, a personal example of mine. Um, anyone that has taken a meeting with me knows I write everything down on paper. Because, and, and, I, and I digitize it anyways. It ends up going into, into a digital system. But wouldn't it be great if I could skip writing it down and just put it right into OneNote or right into CRM or, or a place that makes sense for, for me digitally? The reason I don't is because I'm worried and I have that, that lump of guilt in the back of my mind saying, well, if I'm, if I'm going to do that, OneNote's going to be on that monitor. And I'm going to be looking at that thing. And I'm also worried that whomever I'm on the meeting with, customers or partners or vendors, they're going to hear, they're going to hear my keyboard going in the background. And they're going to think, well, Ryan's not paying attention. He's, he's typing emails. So I think overcoming that or maybe just being a little bit more transparent about it, those are maybe some new habits that we mm-hmm. need to get into. Hey, I'm not ignoring you, Alex. I'm I'm listening. I'm just taking notes over here in this monitor. I, I may not stare exactly into the camera. I'm looking over here every once in a while to type my notes. Right. Uh, again, in, in scenarios where you, you're not as fortunate enough to have multiple monitors and you don't have to look all over the place. Uh, again, you know, you can, you can get over these things, but hey, I just want to let you know, you may hear some keyboard, keyboard clacking. Uh, it's not me answering customer emails. It's it's me taking notes or it's me sketching down uh, a visualization about what we're talking about or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, if I go quiet in a meeting, I usually just have to remind the people I'm in the room with. I'm like, hey, I actually have, I'm just taking some frantic notes right now. Bear mm-hmm. with me for a moment. I'm still listening. Please keep talking. And that's fine. In fact, we probably it's a better practice to pick that up because we're working remotely we didn't have to do that live because people could see what we're doing um when you know you have that pen and paper in front of you no one can see what you're doing on a computer so we're just kind of left to our best guess about what's going on on that screen are you chatting are you taking Mm -hmm. notes are you working not paying attention or engaged and those in my mind are separate problems being on a computer doing things is not the same thing as someone not paying attention or working on or focusing on the meeting because they can be the same thing. Maybe that person is playing solitaire. They're just not engaged in the meeting. Why is that though? Yeah. Do they need to be there? Was the meeting important? Is that, does it have anything to do with them or are they there out of an obligation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, 
if you find that the people aren't paying attention to you in the meeting because they're distracted with work, are they too busy? What's going on here? Are they not interested in the topic? Does it not matter? So it's really an opportunity to start asking questions about the meeting as a whole and if it was really worth people's time to be there. And I can tell you, I've been in my lion's share of meetings where I haven't had anything to contribute, mm -hmm. but I was obligated to be there because that was the expectation. So I bring my notebook and I can tell you, I wasn't taking notes. I was probably doodling pictures of like, you know, whatever cartoons, because that's how I need to work when I need to just listen and absorb information. Mm -hmm. So it makes it really interesting. But there's another uh, unwritten rule there. I think a, a, an old culture or an old norm where um, getting up and leaving a meeting that doesn't apply to you, or if you don't have something to contribute. Um, I think if you're, if you're Elon Musk, apparently you can do it because he just gets up and walks out of meetings that don't make sense to him all the time from what I read. But that's still, I think something that would people, a lot of people would feel really uncomfortable in, especially in a hybrid sense, putting their hand up and saying, do I do I need to be here? Is this the best use of my time? Do you guys mind if I go and I'll catch a recording later? I'll catch a transcript later. I'll catch someone else's notes later. If there's a takeaway, you know, haul me back in. But until there's something really for me to, to sink my teeth into, I'm going to go do other work. Right. And that's kind of my thought. It's like, we have to be open to that conversation. I mm -hmm. really made a big habit or practice um, a couple of years back to start doing that. When I was brought into meetings where I had nothing to contribute and even worse, if I wasn't clear on why I was in the room, I would ask that question as early as I could in the meeting. What's this about? What do you need for me? Are you going to be asking me questions? Do I have some work to do in this? If not, I'm going to go off. And email me if you have any questions and I'll, you know, I'll hit you up in teams or whatever. And we can have that conversation then because I'll take me two seconds instead of sitting here for an hour, not doing the things that I need to do or could be doing. Um, but that's a good like change or shift of culture in the long run to be able to question why you're in the meeting. Um, what happens when we start going back to work more often back to the office? What are those going to look like when we are, you know, in a room with people again? Because I guarantee you, no one's going to be doing this at the audience member, whoever's <laughs> presenting or running the meeting right, for right. the entire duration of the meeting. What do we do? We're taking notes. We're looking out the window. We're kind of fiddling in our chair, absorbing the room, looking at other people, maybe doing a little bit of work on our computer, whatever it is. We are doing what we need to to stay engaged in that meeting um, to the best of our knowledge, to the to the best of our ability, just the way we've always done it, technically. Yeah. Imagine going back from from Teams meetings reactions. So those are the thumbs ups and the hearts and the smiley faces and those types of things. So you, you imagine the parallel in a physical meeting. When we get back to the boardroom, I'm just going to be giving people the thumbs up and, and applause all the time. <laughs> But, I, yeah. but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And, and I agree with you. I don't think, I, I hope we don't go back. Uh, when we do go back, I hope we don't go back to those old sort of norms and practices and, and stigma around uh, how we carry ourselves in a meeting. Again, be professional mm -hmm. and be smart about it. But as a team lead or as someone that is organizing meetings, this is something new to keep in mind. And this is something to talk to your teams about. 
uh, and be transparent and and lay some, I don't want to say ground rules, but have a mutual understanding about this is the type of meeting we're having. These are the things that are okay. These are the things that are not okay. And then as an attendee, as someone that attends a meeting where someone's laid down, you know, some ideas and some thoughts about what's, what's cool and what's not, again, just, just be respectful, do your best and, um, and go along with it. See if it's something that works for you. Absolutely. Um, so let's cap off this, que- this uh, discussion with a question I have for you. Are you pro camera on or off? And if your camera on, do you need to be forward facing on the camera all the time? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. So well, let's, let's see if anyone drops any notes in the chats while, while I think about this, there's, there's some meetings where I've got the camera on and, and yeah, it's, I still feel that like, Oh, I've got to go look at this monitor. Cause I need to look up something. Uh, I still feel guilty about that. I still don't do the note taking. That's something I, I definitely have gotten, have to get over. Um, but there's other scenarios, internal meetings, teams meetings where I don't turn my camera on because I can slouch down in my chair. I can let myself go, put my feet up on, on the side, uh, side card on my desk. I can open my office door and let my doggy walk in and, and he can come say hello. And it's not a, it's not a big deal. So yeah, for me, not- for me, I do both, but I think it depends right now on the context of the meeting. That's absolutely fair. The tech, like your audience in the meeting is a big factor. What the discussion's about, because you're not going to let your dog, and if you're also hosting the meeting and or delivering like a session, right? You're going hey, to. If it helps me score points, if it helps with <laughs> audience engagement, he can he can come into the meeting anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I am on. For me, I am probably more of a camera off guy more often mm-hmm. than not. Um, client meetings, I'll be I'll turn my camera on, but I'll also be I'm very open about like I'm not always looking at the camera. I'm mm-hmm. looking at my screen. I'm looking at the people I'm talking to on the screen, and I'm probably taking notes on my computer or I'm looking up information to share with them as we're talking, or. I'm taking notes on a physical notebook and then I'll just, they can't see that. So I'm telling them why I'm looking down at my feet because yeah. they're probably like, are you sleeping? Are you, are you dead? What's going yeah, on over there? there? Yeah. So communication is important. The transparency is important. And at the end of the day, be flexible with what your meeting culture is going to look like in the next year. Be open to that discussion. I, Cause I don't think there's any going back to the way we did things before. doesn't exist. It's gone. Let it go. Yeah. Don't be shy about bringing it up, but again, mm-hmm. both as an attendee and as someone who uh, may be leading the meeting. So good call. Great discussion. All right, folks. I know Alex has prepared another wonderful watch and learn segment, another amuse-bouche uh, of Yammer integration with SharePoint. Let's uh, let's jump into it. what you got today. Uh, this week's pretty easy. And um, the reason I'm bringing this one up is because... Uh, there's a blog post um, done by another Microsoft MVP that kind of exploded on Twitter. Um, and I'll have the link to the whole discussion. And then there's a bunch of Yammer developer or not developers, uh, community um, owners that kind of like weighed in on the discussion of whether Yammer like kind of had a place in the 21st century or today. Um, and a lot of people came to Yammer's defense. And so I thought, okay, well, 
there's obviously a lot of interest here on the topic. There's a lot of people that kind of really get the value when they've been using it for a while. And it kind of got me thinking like, well, what's another way you can kind of introduce Yammer into your organization without making it like the thing in your face? And this is what I really like. This is well, one of many things I like about the platform is because it doesn't have to be a giant thing. You don't have to make a whole giant plan to get people into it, to use it. My favorite thing about this, and I got this term from those discussions, that blog post is um, passive awareness. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to things happening in your organization, there's projects, there's new customers coming in, coming out, there's new developments internally, there's changes to the organization, there's so many things happening. People aren't always going to write an email what's, about what's going on. And if they do, it's probably going to be it's probably going to have a bunch of extra information in it that you're going to have to dig up somewhere else. You obviously have SharePoint news to capture a lot of this, to have, make sure it has a home in your internet so people can go and find that information in the long term and always kind of go back to it. But when it comes to all these little things that are happening across the organization, it's not always easy to keep up with them or know who's doing what. If I'm working on a project and I want to just kind of share it out with the organization, I'm not going to email everyone because I don't want to fill people's inboxes. I don't want to, um, I might not warrant an entire post on SharePoint News, maybe on a team site, but not on a communication site. So this is where Yammer comes in because it allows you just to give you the, give everyone a quick what one, two about what's going on, maybe a quick link to some more information. And at the end of the day, it's transparent conversation. It's designed to encourage transparency across the org with people to get engaged on what you're doing, what's going on. And if you don't care, if you have no intention of it, you don't even have to do anything about it. So what I'm going to do with this watch alone is just show you how to bring your Yammer conversations into a SharePoint site. So that way, if no one's going to Yammer, can't force people there, you can bring Yammer to where they are. Maybe your SharePoint home site, maybe if it's linked to Teams, you can bring it in there and just make that content a little more accessible. And ultimately, what you're going to find over time is that people will just start getting, will start benefiting from that passive awareness. Oh, I heard we're updating our HRS system uh, in a month. I saw a little post on that somewhere on SharePoint. Uh, what's that about? Uh, oh, um, I see we're, our performance reviews are coming up in a couple of months. Is there anything? Do I have goals I should be doing? Can I can I just like ask someone where I should be at, uh, looking that up? So it's these types of things that kind of really benefit keeping your company connected as a whole through this passive information. It's not flooding your inbox if you don't want it to. It's not constant messages in the Teams chat, and you're not getting dragged into regular calls or things that are pulling you away from work. So this is just a nice little beauty, beautiful benefit out of it. So like we're gonna that, do here. Sorry, I like that idea that uh, the passive, the pass, passes, passivity. Pa I don't know. Yes, passivity, Passive passiveness. passiveness, passiveness. There we go. <laughs> Grammar's uh, real strong with this one today. No, um, I, I like that connotation. I like that explanation. Again, I think Microsoft very cleverly has used the word community a lot around Yammer in particular. And I think that's very smart, again, just to help us denote what can we use it for, for building communities, for building these, these other groups that are not necessarily tied to a project or an org group. So... Sorry to, sorry to jump in there, buddy. 
No, but it that's the whole idea here. You're right. It's really about just kind of helping raise the awareness in a time, especially when we're more separate from each other than mm-hmm. ever working from home. So this is just another tool in your tool belt. But at the end of the day, this can be a really effective one and a really, really easy one to adopt if you start slowly. Um, you don't have to have 10 communities and community managers and all these plans. Start with one and have a couple people own it and just sharing information on there. Let people find it in their own time, weigh it out over the course of several months as a pilot program to see what people think and ask them as well. So I'm in a SharePoint site. I'm I'm in our MoO team site as an example. So you can add these to communication sites, your internet home site, anywhere you want, because it's a simple Yammer web part called conversations. And this one's really flexible. So you can focus on a community, specific users, topics, which I'll touch in in a little bit, or, or home feed if you just want to have everything that is shared across a busy Yammer network uh, all in one. I'm going to focus on one community because I want to bring in this leadership team because we want to make sure our entire team is aware of what the leadership is working on. So that's what we're going with today. So I've got the Yammer web part here. I'm going to add the uh, leadership community and just type in leadership. It's right at the top there. And uh, just below... You can see that we can filter for conversations or questions. So if you want this to be a more engaging type of environment, you can focus on questions. So people can come here and start posting questions to you. What's happening with their quarterly uh, reviews? What's happening with this program? Um, If you have events coming up and you want to start getting some open discussion about this to encourage more questions, to encourage more interactions, this is a tool of transparency at the end of the day. So you can definitely leverage this tool for that without having to force, again, force people to go into Yammer and find it on their own, bringing the information to them. So I'm going to focus on conversations. Um, Just on this web part, you have the ability to turn on the publisher or toggle it off. And that's the ability to create new posts here. So if you don't want people posting here directly, you can just turn that off and it's just a read-only feed. People can still comment, like, and react, but they won't be able to post their own from here. And then just below there, you can focus on highlights or the entire feed. And this one will really just focus on things that were interacted with the most, maybe the most likes, the most uh, comments. That's what this one will dial into. But we're going to stick with the feed and you can limit the conversations to up. You can max it out to 12, but I usually keep it around eight to keep the page from getting a little too crazy. So that's as complicated as this one goes. I'm just going to find that leadership again. Oh, that's what I did. I hit the wrong button. There we go. Leadership. And there we go. And it's done. So that's the Yammer web part. Nice and easy. So I'm going to, I'm just going to hit republish. And there we go. We've got our conversations embedded onto the side. This could be anywhere on a dedicated, on, this can be anywhere on your SharePoint site, a dedicated page, your home page. You can make it front and center of your entire front page of your site if this is something really important or central or pivotal to what you're doing. Um, so that's the basic sit- setup for this. So what I want to show you now is just another kind of use case for this. So let's say you're promoting an event and you're using Yammer to help share information about that event. Reminders about dates coming up, registrations, speakers, um, 
things that people need to bring, whatever it is, there's a lot of little bits of information and you can't count on people remember, well, one, reading the initial email that has all that information. Two, you can't count on people um, ask going to you to ask, to ask for that information. So what do we do? We can use our Yammer community to help promote that information and the things that they need by using topics. So topics in Yammer is just basically a tool to help you organize posts. So if I go to this uh, first one by Patty, um, just letting people know what's going on about some office implementations, I can right click on it, right click on the um, on the post, click on add topics. And what I do with the topics is I actually make event specific topics. This is my practice. So I'll call this, um, we'll call this uh, event, uh, annual events 2020, 2022. And then I have to give it a description, then my topics created. So you can organize your posts in Yammer with these custom topics. They live in here, but now I can start using these, that topic to actually create kind of like a customized list in my SharePoint site. So I'm going to take one or two more posts just to show you exactly how this works. And I'm going to add the other one. So just, you just used a term, Alex, that, that um, lit something up for me. You said tag, you're going to tag these, these pieces of information. Is this almost like to like topics? tags same same thing and actually that's a great question in uh yammer tags and topics are separate because oh. you can tag hashtag things in yammer too but a topic only lives in a community where a tag would live across multiple communities uh the, they both live inside a yammer so you can fill, just like in to do the hashtags just will it'll turn anything into a hashtag if you add the number sign Topics are a little more powerful because you can actually, there's actually a page where there you can view them all. So if I click on that tag, there's a page now for this tag itself where you can, that you can actually follow as well. Ah, that so is you can unique. stay alert okay. to anything that uses this one tag. So I got a couple of posts ready to go. Let's go back to that page in SharePoint. And I'm just going to make a new page just to keep things clean. And I'll just show you what that looks like in a blank page. So hit that plus button to add a web part. There's the conversations. And I'm going to click topic. Search for my topic. There it is there. And I only have the one topic in this environment. And then there we go. You notice I don't have all the options that you saw in the original web part or the other web part. I can't post here. There's no option to do it because that's not, the tags are just read-only information. I can still comment like re react, but I can't post to these. So that's just a way of keeping this information together. So now I can create this page called event 2020, or what would we call annual events 2022. This is going to be my main page of information that lives on SharePoint. So every time I post about this, this information is going to be available on this page. The Yammer posts, key information, if I need to share news, I'll share it from this page, then email it to everyone, and they'll have all that information available to them in one spot on SharePoint using Yammer, using SharePoint to kind of keep it all together. So that's my feature. That's that's basically it here. Nothing too neat. complicated. No. Just bringing Yammer to where the people are. 
couple of weeks ago, I showed you Yammer in Outlook on the web where you can not only post, but also subscribe and follow and react to those emails, uh, those Yammer posts from your email. This is another integration that Yammer just does extremely well to bring information to the end user. So yeah, another point for Yammer, Ryan? Another point for Yammer. Speaking of points, it's that time. It's time to go to feature versus feature. I've got some news. Unreal. 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 Actually, to not not to add salt to the wound, uh, after I took this screenshot to prepare for the show today, there was another vote for Word Online Designer. So I think it was closer to 80, uh, 80 20. Not good job. You know, good job. Good job. Not just, All right. Just I, I, all right. You got that one. So let's take a look at the scoreboard for 2022, folks. I'm ahead three, two, one. And you can see Word Online Designer just squeaked me back into the win column. Uh, after my first loss to Alex last week. I'm oh. sorry, two weeks ago. So that means I get to go first. This week oh. I've got um I've got a PowerPoint tip. I've got a PowerPoint and team teams tip. And and I hope um hope that you're gonna be okay with this one. And I hope it's not two tips in one. So let me do my best. So here we are in PowerPoint. Here, here we are in desktop PowerPoint. And recently what's come up is a newer button here uh, under this present menu. Uh, it may appear different for you in Word. Sorry, it may appear different for you in PowerPoint online versus PowerPoint desktop. But there's this new feature called present in teams. And what this lets you do is shortcut the headaches of which monitor is it on? Where are my speaker notes? Where is the present? Where does the presentation? How do I share screens? We we know that sharing screens in Teams raises people's blood pressure. So if you're just yeah. working with PowerPoint, if you just have a deck to share, this lets you shortcut all of the screen choosing options. This lets you skip all of that, and it actually turns into something called PowerPoint Live. So let's see what that looks like. Okay, here we are in PowerPoint. Got my my deck ready to go. Got my slides, transitions. Got speaker notes, and I'm in a Teams meeting. This is the key here. You have to be already in a Teams meeting, or in a Teams call. The only big catch and the only sort of weakness of this feature is you have to be using Teams desktop uh, on Windows or Mac. Otherwise, this is not going to work. Uh, doesn't work in Teams on the web. So once you hit that present in Teams button, uh, in this case, my, my uh, browser Edge said, hey, are you sure you want to open Teams? Are you okay with that? You can always allow that if this is going to be something that you uh, are doing continually. Uh, and then once you get there, your meeting will pull up. This is the Teams desktop app right here. It's going to pull up the meeting or the call that you have to be in. And it's just going to give you one last warning. Hey, you're about to present. Are you sure you want to do this? And so after you click through on to this button, there we go. Now we're in PowerPoint Live. And there's some really cool things going on here. And I think I'm going to make this the go-to way that I share PowerPoints now in, in Teams meetings. Instead of putting the presentation on and sharing that monitor or sharing that display, I'm going to do this PowerPoint Live stuff. There's some really cool things going on here. You can allow or not 
your meeting attendees to skip ahead to uh, slides in advance. We've got a laser pointer, which is tons of fun, by the way, uh, a marker, a highlighter, and an eraser. We can have our presenter notes here that only the presenters see. Your audience won't see those. Uh, here's an example of the laser pointer here. Uh, we can go down to this more actions menu or anyone viewing as well can go into this new actions menu and translate your slides into a variety of different languages. And again, here's where you can turn off the presenter view uh, if you'd rather see your, your slides in a larger screen. Your attendees can also increase and decrease the font size of your slides, uh, which is a really, really awesome accessibility and inclusivity feature You've made some small fonts and someone wants to uh, jack it up so that they can read what you've put on your slide. They can do that without messing the slides up for anyone else, without marking anything up for anyone else that happens to be participating in your slides as well. So that is my feature this week. Again, it's kind of two. It's, hey, you can start your presentation right from PowerPoint desktop or PowerPoint web into a Teams desktop meeting or call that you're already joining, that you already have joined. And this control, this PowerPoint Live set of features, again, I think I'm gonna make this the go-to way that I share PowerPoint slides in a Teams meeting instead of sharing my screen full-size, this on this monitor, all of that confusion, I'm gonna get rid of that. Very cool, very cool. I gotta tell you, I have, become a big fan of just having, of not going into presenter mode when I'm doing presentations. Mm -hmm. um, especially for like smaller meetings, I'll have a slide deck, but I won't even go into presentation mode. I'll just have PowerPoint's just gotten a nice, in my opinion, a nice user interface overhaul. Yep. So I'm not, I'm not exactly ashamed to have it showing on my screen when I'm presenting to someone because you can hide the toolbar. You've got these nice, big, high-res slides ready to go so people yep. can actually read it on their screens while on a video call. It's really nice. Um, and I also like just switching desktops. I tried presenter mode out. I actually do like it um, because of many of the features, especially that laser pointer. The, that laser pointer is cool. It's handy. Um, it's handy. It just is. don't point yeah. it at any airplanes while you get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Trust there me. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's switch over to my feature of the week. What do you got for us? What do I have for us? Uh, today's feature is ex chatting with external users. Um, this one actually just started rolling out um, about a month ago, I believe. Don't quote me on that one, but I think it's about a month ago or a couple months ago. Um, we can now chat with people outside of our organization from org to org, business to business, without having to switch tenants. So what's this look like? Um, go into Teams, open up chat, and you'll create a new chat and then enter in their email address, their full business email address, and it will look something like this. So if I was to type in mine, if, you, if you've been added already, they'll appear here. If you haven't chatted with them before, you'll have this option to search for them externally, and then it'll pull up their name and it'll open up a new chat. So I've tested this out before. So let's see what this looks like in real life. I've got my one tenant here, and I'm just gonna pull up my actual Teams account in the same chat. So as Miram, go hi, 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 just send whatever I wanna send. And 
it's there. It's quick and it's taken us one step closer to the glory days of Skate for Business in terms of its uh, ability to allow us to collaborate with people outside of our organization a little faster and a little easier. There are a few catches here, just some small ones that you might not expect immediately. Um, you can still video call people, share your screen, chat with multiple people, but you'll notice if you look at the toolbar, and I hope you can see that maybe on here, there's no option to attach files. There's no, so that's one thing. So you can't just directly attach a file. You can still, you know, share links through OneDrive or SharePoint like you normally would with people outside your organization. But because Teams Chat uses OneDrive and these individuals are not directly looking um, in your, they're not in your organization, you can't really do that one-to-one, -one, um, that's not available to you here. The other thing that's missing is the ability to add tabs. So there's no files tab, there's no custom tabs, and there's no connectors at the bottom. All you get are smileys, gifts, and stickers. Well, thank Arguably goodness. Enough. Thank goodness the stickers are there. I would not live without my Clippy stickers. Oh, I thought you're gonna. I thought you're gonna put some hate on stickers. I'm like Ryan. <laughs> no, no, no. The ones that you can customize, the meme ones, that is a very tactical business tool. Oh, very much. These are super productive. Super business. Yes, uh, very, very uh, corporate business stuff here. <laughs> uh, all right, so to add, to enable this, it's not. An, I don't think it's enabled by default yet. Um, but as a as an, a global admin, you'd go into the Teams Admin Center, and then you can allow or unallow uh, collaboration with external domains, so people that also use Office three sixty five, and you can choose to either block it all allow specific ones, block specific ones, or just go whole hog. Um, so that's my feature. And once it's turned on, you're good to go. You can start chatting and collaborating with people that you work with on a regular basis outside without having to do that whole tenant hop, which is a nice, just another step closer to making teams a lot more powerful for its org to org collaboration. Um, and yeah, so that's my, that's my feature of the week. Right on. Save some emails. Chat instead. Chat instead. All right. Great, great feature. Good pick, Alex. What we need to do now, folks, though, is to vote, please. We've got PowerPoint present to Teams and PowerPoint Live is my pick and feature. We've got Alex's external org chat in Teams. What we need you to go a few minutes after the show, I will get the poll up on Twitter and you can vote there. Twitter.com slash TeamMoWo is the place to go. And um, again, let us know which one you use, you are using, which one of the two features you want to cast your ballot for. That's going to do it for this week's edition of The MoWo Show. Alex, thank you so, so much. As always, where you can find us, folks, moo.ca is our website. If you're watching right now on YouTube, thank you so much for spending some time with us. If you're watching on LinkedIn Live as well, thank you for taking some time out of your day. If you don't know, uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, we do have our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash teammoo. Again, Twitter, twitter.com slash teammoo. Not only to vote on the feature versus feature polls, but we do share uh, upcoming announcements, show times, those types of things, uh, as well as great Microsoft 365 tips and blog posts, 
all come through our Twitter account. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, we're saving up a few good ones to, to do a great show of voicemails. If you want to leave us a voicemail uh, with a burning Microsoft 365 question, a Teams question, something new that's been turned on in your environment and you want to get a little bit uh, greater understanding on, leave us a voice message. If you want to use your name or a fake name, hey, that's okay too. Uh, but if the question is great, we'll play it live on the MOO show. And we will answer your question live as well. So voicemail.moo.show is the place to go to uh, leave us a message. Awesome, awesome. All right, Ryan, good show, good show. Good show, good show. Let's, uh, let's all get back to work. Let's all get into some meetings. And um, now we know a little bit more than we did an hour ago. Raw, raw meetings. Oh. Uh, yeah, I got a few. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. Take care. Take care.